<clears throat> Here we go. You ready for this? First one ever. In three, two, one. And welcome to the podcast. This is Do You Know the Mob? I'm your co-host, Samuel Bratton, and right beside me, partner in crime, as always, Brandon Ellis. Uh, thank you, folks, for joining us. Uh, this is our first ever podcast of Do You Know the Mob? And this is just where we go in-depth in history, a little biography, if you will, about mobsters, uh, the life of them before and during their their crime, their life of crime, kind of what made them the way it is, a little bit of investigation, but just kind of getting to know know and how this shaped America. So that's kind of what we're doing. And Brandon over here is a little, little history major, why, uh, a.k.a. my go-to uh uh, when I need when I need help, I point to him. <laughs> Give us all the answers, right? <laughs> well, it's also fun too because I don't read the stuff ahead of time. Yeah. So. Yes. So the way this is formatted is I go through it, and Brandon kind of we get to see not only his reaction but fill in what he knows. <laughs> if only you could see what was going on in my face. It's pretty entertaining. <laughs> but what really gets things going is we always start off with a something that has nothing to do with the mob and it is just a little opener game we tease brandon's brain so brandon uh as you know to start out we have to go with uh celebrities particularly singers okay and as you know every singer has their fans right the fangirls the fanboys the groups of fans and groups of fans have become such a thing they now have their own fan group names (laughs) So we're we're going to ask you. We're gonna. I'm gonna give you a singer, and you're gonna guess what the group name is. Oh my gosh! <laughs> Do you okay. ever like think to yourself like, is there like a singer you have? You're like, oh, I want to be like, I'd be that fan group, but they don't have one. Like, what comes to my mind is my girlfriend really, really likes uh, Matt Wirtz. Uh-huh. If they had one, but I think for you, I feel like Ben Rector. I uh-huh. feel like you'd you'd be part of that fan yeah, group. Yes, yeah, poor Ben Rector. <laughs> um, so the example I'm gonna give you is Taylor Swift. All right, Taylor Swift's group name. Is Swifties. Mm-hmm. Swifties. Classic. <laughs> Classic. I don't know if you had heard that before, but <laughs> I have heard that one. So so another one we're gonna do here. Um, and these are these are pretty fun, but we'll we'll go with this. We'll do Justin Bieber. What is the fan group name of Justin Bieber? <laughs> um is it Beliebers? You are correct. Are you a Belieber? <laughs> I do I do like some of his music. My wife especially likes some so of his music. So she's a, she's definitely a Belieber. Oh, definitely a Belieber. <laughs> the Beebs, man. That may be the only one I get. <laughs> <laughs> well, that's all right. Uh how about this? We'll give you one. Uh Harry Styles. Okay, so after one direction, Harry Styles got his own thing going. What is his fan group name? Well, I'm not gonna lie, every time I hear his name, I think of like a haircut. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm gonna go with the term stylist. Oh, you're so close, so close. Stylers, <laughs> stylers. That was good. That stylers. was a good try. Okay, yeah, stylers. Yeah, yeah. Try some sometimes. Now here's a fun one. Miley Cyrus. Miley Cyrus, the Disney one we all loved at one point, but I, no longer Hannah Montana. <laughs> I was to say the good of my heart wants to say something to Hannah Montana, but I know that is not true <laughs> at all at this point in life. Um. Not Miley Cyrus, yeah. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> the Cyrettes. That was a good try. Smilers. I would Smilers. never have gotten that in a million <laughs> I don't years. know if she always makes me smile, but <laughs> uh, <laughs> there she is. <laughs> I can't get past Wrecking Ball. <laughs> How about, uh, let's go with, 
um, Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Oh, another, another Disney. Yeah, yeah. Right some, you know, they all start out Disney, but where do they end up yeah. is the question. <laughs> Innocent is where they start. Yeah, so Demi, Demi Lovato. Demi Lovato. Um, Demi-licious. <laughs> good try, but it was her last name, actually. Lovatics. Lovat- Lovatics. Lovatics. Okay, I, that's Lovatics. a good one, actually. Yeah, yeah. Some of these play well off of. Um, here, we'll do a couple more. Let's go Ariana Grande. Ariana Grande. Taco Grande. <laughs> <laughs> that that's one I can get behind. <laughs> that this one's the first name. Arianators. The Arianators. Not as good name. No, I think you know Taco Bell and Ariana Grande surely team up. They sure, I'm seeing a lucrative, lucrative <laughs> opportunity. <laughs> All right, here's my favorite one. My last one. My favorite one. Not favorite singer, but favorite one. Ellie Goulding. Ellie Goulding. Can you guess what her? You're probably not going to get this, but Ellie Goulding. I want to say Golden Girls. <laughs> <laughs> that would be fun of fun. They are the gold diggers. I kid you not. The gold diggers. Ellie Golding. So there you have it. The fan group names. But anyway, so that has nothing to do with the podcast, but thought we'd get braided laughing before we dig dig into what we're going to do today. So the uh, episode today is on John Dillinger, a.k.a. Jack Rabbit. All right, so John Dillinger is probably one of the most famous mobsters in America his, American history. Have you are you familiar with him, Brandon? I am, I am. So John Dillinger, the reason also I chose him is he was born in Indianapolis, Indiana native. I know, really, really shooting high here. He's wearing an Indiana hoodie right now, folks. <laughs> Don't worry, we will go through Oklahoma ones eventually. So. <laughs> um, so John Herbert Dillinger was born on June twenty second, nineteen o three, in Indianapolis. He went by the name Johnny growing up, okay? Um, as a little boy, he often committed petty theft, petty crimes. This is kind of something I think we're going to see in future podcasts here. <laughs> okay. But um, So Johnny's dad owned a grocery store and was a church-going man. But however, he would often hit his son, and he was uh, a bit of a drinker. <laughs> so, uh, Austin Catholic. Yeah, that, I can't. I just can't see what's going to go wrong here, Brandon. I can't right. tell. I, th- I feel like things are just going off to a right good start. Um, and actually, things do get worse. Johnny's mom died of a sudden stroke when he was only three years old, and his older sister helped raise him. But John's dad did remarry in 1912. Now, John Dillinger was known for being good with his hands, fairly smart, but would often get involved with the wrong crowd. You know, the typical excuse, oh, just with the wrong crowd. Oh, yeah, every parent's <laughs> excuse for their kids. Mm-hmm. So at the age 16, John Dillinger quit school, not because he couldn't handle it, in theory, or is that, that's what they're saying in the research, but from boredom and wanting to make his own living. So it's not that he wasn't smart enough, but he just didn't have the, uh, didn't feel like it. <laughs> Classic excuse. Yeah, that's, you know, that's what they all say, isn't it? <laughs> so Dillinger started working at a machine shop. He was a machinist. But he kept running around with the wrong crowd during his off hours. He was involved with a gang who committed, uh, you know, little crimes, little pranks. They went by the group name the Dirty Dozen, of course. Um, John's father tried to change his environment. So, um, you know, that's like, I feel like other parents have done that. I've met people like, mm-hmm. oh, kids make a bad choice. It's going to change the environment. Usually that means going public school to private school, <laughs> homeschool. But in this case, um, John's father sold the grocery store, and moved his family, so his new wife and kids, to Mooresville, Indiana. So that's on the south side of Indianapolis. Okay, Brandon? Okay. And his son uh, still continued, though, to work as a <coughs> machinist in Indianapolis, and he would drive his motorcycle to and from, uh, you know, to see his friends in Indy and all that. I love how the motorcycle part, you know, just uh, 
really playing the bad boy part. Oh yeah. <laughs> now Brandon likes motorcycles. What's your what's your like dream motorcycle someday? Oh my gosh, I would love a dual sport, <coughs> mm-hmm. um, a BMW or Suzuki six fifty. Oh, it'd be so nice. I know Brandon's not a Harley Davidson guy, to say the least. They don't. It's just not my style. <laughs> You're more Japanese type bike. Huh? I gotta love it. <laughs> so, um, finally, a bigger crime was committed as they all start. You know, John Dillinger stole a sedan outside a church parking lot <laughs> due to a romantic fallout. <laughs> so, uh, double whammy there, <laughs> haven't we all? <laughs> I mean, it could be your classic high school breakup at that point. <laughs> yeah. So he was roaming around Indianapolis with this car, and then two cops stopped him, asked him questions, tried to make an arrest. Dillinger managed to escape from the cops and ran away. Okay, so he ran home to his father. Uh, or no, sorry, sorry. Let me back up. He knew he couldn't run to his father, so he decided to enlist in the United States Navy. <laughs> Of, of course, like, you know, when you're, <laughs> I mean, what how, else? how bad is it at home that you know you're going to get that you go to the Navy? Oh, taking the Navy. Now, if you had gone to a military branch, Brandon, what would it have been? Air Force. Air Force. Okay. Mm, I want right. to be a pilot. And Air Force, that's connected with Army, right? Uh, it's yeah. a separate branch. Oh, okay. In Colorado, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. <clears throat> it used to be a part of the Army until World War II. That's right. Okay. That's what I was thinking. Um, so after basic trading, Dillinger decided the Navy wasn't for him. So he quit serving on the USS Utah, which, fun sidetrack uh, fact for you, this ship was sank during Pearl Harbor. <laughs> so you can only wonder what if. What if uh, he would have been there? Um, so it was considered a dishonorable discharge. So John returned home to Mooresville and fell in love with a lady named Beryl Ethel Hovius. That's a very old-fashioned name. Beryl. <laughs> Ethel. Beryl Ethel. <laughs> what a name. I know. Uh, they got married... But didn't have a page of their name, as most, you know, young couples start out do. And he started working at a upholstery shop. So he's had a few different jobs. We do see this with a lot of mobsters, I feel like. You know, today's day, people have jobs all the time. But I feel like back then, it was common work at the factory for 40 years. These guys, I feel like it was a sign of trouble. They kept bouncing around a little bit. <laughs> so this is like his third, fourth job already. In 1924, Dillinger was playing shortstop for the Mooresville baseball team. So he's a baseball guy. He met a friend named Singleton. Singleton had devised a plan with him where Dillinger would grab uh, cash at a local gas, local grocery store. Very ironic, since his dad used to run a grocery store. And Singleton would be in the getaway car. John Dillinger had a 32 caliber pistol and tried to club the grocery store owner. <laughs> it didn't work. The grocer grabbed his arm. It caused the gun to discharge. It did not get anybody. But Dillinger thought he'd shot the guy. Might be his first like serious crime thing, you know. So he ran, and of course, his buddy wasn't in the car waiting for the getaway car. <laughs> what a what a pal, Brandon. If we went to rob a bank, would you at least be there to help me? <laughs> I'd be there until the police showed up. Then I well, would leave. <laughs> well, that might have been what happened because, of course, uh, the police showed up and they made the arrest. So this was his first conviction. However, John Dillinger didn't have any counsel with him. His dad wasn't present. He was sentenced. 10 to 20 years in jail. Oh. Singleton was arrested later, 2 to 14 years, and he did have legal representation, of course. <laughs> Get legal representation. <clears throat> That's right, yeah. Uh, we need to look it up. Aren't the, like, the statistics like amazing, like the difference between someone um, having a lawyer and not having a lawyer? Like s- substantially, you are at a huge disadvantage uh, research-wise that you'll even 
be you'll be convicted if you don't. I think so. I think you're legally supposed to have some sort of counsel now. I think you. But can, like if you try to do it yourself, yeah, I mean, if you yeah, can yeah. like do it yourself, which like is the just Ted a, Bundy style. <laughs> oh gosh, poor choice. Yeah, yeah. Also, Those are professionals. Yeah, leave to the professionals. So Dillinger was sent to Indiana State Refa, Refa, Reformatory in Pelton, Indiana. He played baseball there and made, worked in the factory and made some new friends. This is also a common thing we will see later in podcast. These friends included Harry Pierpont and Homer Van Meter. Okay, now the reason you might be asked why do we do this podcast? Harry Pierpont, fun fact, Brandon is my great great uncle. <laughs> so, so we'll much. do an episode of him later on. But anyway, so there's a little bit of a yeah, little family running the family here. So at first, John's wife would visit him frequently while he was in jail, but later she divorced him. Obviously, this probably took a toll on him. Um, Later that year, he was denied parole, and he wanted to be transferred, so he got transferred to Michigan City. He was saying, telling them he wanted to be on a better baseball team, when in reality, he wanted to see his friends again. His friends had been transferred there. Michigan City's on the northern part of Indiana, by the way, as you would guess. Um, Michigan City Prison was a tougher place to be. Dillinger didn't really like it. But he did meet some interesting friends, Pierpont Van Meter again. He also met Walter Dietrich. Dietrich taught them different things, such as <clears throat> just like getaways, uh, you know, having different um, job titles, uh, the Tommy guns, uh, maps to a bank, all that. So basically, the group devised a plan where John Dillinger, actually, he was going to get out of, with parole because his stepmother had died uh, from an ill. <clears throat> so he got out. And he sent in uh, smuggled guns into the shirt factory of the jail for his friends friends to bust out, okay? So his friends bust out of jail in Michigan City, but where's John Dillinger? He's in Dayton, Ohio with a lady friend. <laughs> a lady. <clears throat> a lady. So, yeah, these guys sometimes had uh, multiple relationships, let's put it that way. <laughs> Surprise. He was divorced, though. I'll give him that. <laughs> so while Dillinger, uh, so Dillinger gets arrested in Dayton, but his friends get out of Michigan City Prison, and they decide to go to a hideout for a couple days. Then they drive the 100 miles to go get John out. During this time, uh, Harry Pierpont shoots the sheriff, and the wife hands the keys. So, so it's a small jail in Lima, Ohio, and yeah, <laughs> hands the keys to them, so they get him out. <clears throat> so this starts off the, the, the criminal group, the Pierpont-Dillinger gang. So they go to Chicago, and John Dillinger receives the nickname the Jackrabbit, and the media loves him. And this is something else we're going to see, just the people taking the side of the mobster. So the media tries to, but they do try to get them like against each other. So they call it the Dillinger Gang. Sometimes they call it the Pierpont Gang, but it didn't work. This group of criminals, about five or six guys, they were good at making sure they um, got along. They had a lookout guy, a getaway guy, a lobby man, a vault man, and they had strict rules with the group about you know not being doing drinks or drugs while they're on you know bank robbery. So the gang robbed banks all over the Midwest. From 1933-1934. They robbed from Indianapolis to Chicago to Sioux Falls, all the way to Iowa and Wisconsin. Have you been to all those places, Brandon? You've traveled well. <laughs> Most of them, actually, now I think about yeah. it. We went to Sioux Falls together, right? I think so. Yeah, yeah. <clears throat> yeah. Must have been a bank to rob it. <laughs> <laughs> so um, they were well-planned and executed, and there were different creative heists. One time, the group acted like an alarmed security sales reps. <laughs> um, another time, they acted like they were a film crew who were going to scout out a bank setting 
for a movie. <laughs> I wonder if the bank setting was for the movie was um, maybe robbing a bank. <laughs> <laughs> we have to do it just like we're robbing it. Like, it has to look exactly the same. Uh, the big deal at this time was that the bank were seen as maybe the bad guy, especially during the Depression. So I think that's why the people took their side a lot. Um, so the Dillinger Squad, they traveled to Florida in 1933, and <clears throat> then they go to Arizona, and a bunch of them are arrested, okay? So Dillinger <clears throat> and Red Hamilton and Dillinger's new girlfriend, Billy Frechette, they rob a bank on the east side of Chicago as they're trying to get to Arizona, and they get arrested. So Dillinger famously basically gets taken back to Indiana, okay? He's at the Crown Point Prison, and he makes another escape. This prison was, in quotes, inescapable. <laughs> John Dillinger carves a wooden fake gun out of shoe polish and uses it to get out of the prison cell. Like, he puts it up to the guy's, like, back, you know? Like, let me out of here. And then steals a police car and takes in the middle of the night up to Chicago. That's just crazy. <laughs> so he uses the shoe polish, makes it black. Oh, man. So it was, I a, feel wooden, like it was be... a wooden fake gun. Yeah, like it was wood, and he just uses shoe polish. Oh, makes it black. black in it? Mm-hmm. Oh, okay. <clears throat> yeah. You know, typical, easy, easy. I mean, that's <laughs> smart. Yeah. So J. Edgar Hoover comes up with the name Public Enemy Number 1. And, you know, John Dillinger's plastered as that person. So he meets up with Babyface Nelson, who we'll do an episode of him later. And they go up to St. Paul, Minnesota. They do some criminal activities. He meets up with his girlfriend. They go to Little Bohemia, Wisconsin, where there's a famous shootout. And in the famous shootout is where different, you know, uh, agents are killed, shot, and this just, I mean, Dillinger's like, you know, he's famously wanted. So, um, basically, the FBI had to get creative, and they capture one of his friends. Dillinger had many friends. One of them was Anna Sage. She was from Romania. The reason we highlight Anna Sage is because the FBI basically threatened to deport her unless she helped them get Dillinger. <laughs> Real <laughs> ultimatum, if you will, huh? Oh, yeah. <clears throat> taking advantage of the immigrants, I tell you. So they actually ended up, t- she told them they would be at a movie theater, and um, even though she gave them the information, they sent her to Romania. How dirty. Well, I mean, they actually sent her back? Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Like, That's the government. Government just plays just as dirty, I think. Oh, gosh. <laughs> they were, I mean, they were mad. They had guys get shot and stuff. So I wonder what happened to her. I know this is like fast forward, but like in World War Two. Yeah, we can look. We can look into it. Yeah, that's a good point. Let us know, listeners. So, uh, John Dillinger walks out of the movie theater. They light a cigarette. The cigarette is meant to say, John Dillinger's here. And the agents do. And one of the agents goes up to him and says, Give it up, Johnny. We have you surrounded. John Dillinger tries to grab his gun, but they shoot him dead. And, I mean, just massive amount of people show up on his body right there. I mean, this is like a huge deal in Indiana or everywhere across the country. John Dillinger was 31 years old. He was died and buried in Crown Point Cemetery of Indianapolis. During the funeral, they estimate 5,000 people showed up. To, so this is like, yeah, this is a celebrity. 5,000. <laughs> they estimate he stole around $500,000 in 24 bank robberies during his career. That's a lot of money back. That's estimated, actually, $7 million in today's money. 24 banks, too. That's an impressive amount of banks to pull off. Yeah, yeah, for real. They, they had the fast cars. They had the guns. They had the team. They were just, they were able to pull it off for a while, but it finally got to him, obviously, 31 years of age. <laughs> yeah, that's that's impressive at that age. And and the big thing also is they say he never, they never took people's money. 
they won the bank money. Does that make sense? Like, uh, okay. like no hostages or people like here have my money. No, no, no. They didn't want that. So that's probably so another reason they. And the that. bank, they didn't rob people specifically. They went to the bank vaults. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And um, also, you can find out more about John Dillinger. Uh, what's the movie, Brandon? Um, I think it's uh, one of the big famous ones I think of is Public Enemies uh, oh, by yes. Johnny Depp. Yeah, Johnny Depp plays John Dillinger, right? Oh, yeah, yes. yeah, yeah. So when you get a chance, go check that out. But that is the podcast of Do You Know the Mob? So thank you. Yep, thank you guys. Have a good one.